a little introduction that we found from a book called The New Muslim Field Guide. Uh, we decided that today the topic of identity is such a huge topic um, and we couldn't really between us come up with a way of opening it and introducing it so I'm just going to read from the new Muslim field guide and then we will get into our chat so embracing Islam is surely one of the most life-changing choices you'll ever make but when the people clear out of the masjid and the donated hijabs Qurans and pamphlets are in your boot you will be sitting there in your car in the same skin in which you walked into the masjid and this is a very, very good thing. Islam did not come to kill your individual identity, but to enrich it. But still, maybe you're not sure what to do from here. There's this overwhelming feeling that big changes are coming into your life, and this is true. But you may also feel that you must make everything about you different from this point forward, and this is definitely not true. And I think for me, that definitely summarised sort of how I was feeling at the time. I wouldn't have been able to put it in such words um, at the time because it it's a stressful time. And you do sort of feel and think that everything needs to change. And you sort of look at your wardrobe and your personality and think, oh, I'm not going to be me anymore. Khadija, you recently, well, this week, in fact, wrote a really interesting blog dealing with this exact issue. Um, is that something that you think is a bigger part of when you first converted? Sort of, was identity one of the first issues that you felt you needed to look at? I think it was. I think because I come from, I think I've said this before, I come from quite a strong culture as it is. Becoming Muslim felt almost contradictory. That's kind yeah. of how people made it. Like, you cannot be Jamaican and Muslim. That's <laughs> not what we do. Or even from the Muslim community, it was like, are you sure you're Jamaican? But how come you're Muslim? Like, it was like the two couldn't come together. So it was definitely, I mean, even till now, yeah. you know, even till recently, it's been quite a big thing where it's just kind of like, who am I? Like, I know I'm a Muslim. I know I'm Jamaican. But how on earth do I put the two together and yeah. just be me in that process? I think I had um, a slightly different issue. But because when I became Muslim, people... And I, I don't mean this in a horrible way, but this is what it happened. Um, people looked at my skin colour yeah. and thought, oh, yeah, but, um, yeah, that's mo mostly why you're Muslim, because you're brown. Yeah. And so I had this unreal expectation put upon me mm. that I would, you know, I'd, I'd know so much of, you know, knowledge because I just kind of looked the part, especially yeah. when I started wearing hijab. People just assumed I was Pakistani, which I'm not, um, you know, and it was just, it was kind of taken for granted that, oh, yeah, the, she must have been Muslim since, you know, she came out of her mum's mm -hmm. tummy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it, I found that a real pressure. Mm. And and I think in a way that made me want to, I know this sounds awful, but made me want to ditch the old me yeah. and think, well, I have to kind of live up to these expectations mm. that people seem to have of me. Um, and for a long time, and yeah, like Khadija, I think I've said this before, where I just found it very difficult to marry the two together, mm. um, the old me, the new me, who I was trying to be as well. And in the end, it just I had to, you know, almost like on a sinking ship where you have to kind of bail out. Yeah. I just had to bail out the old me mm. for such a long time. Mm. And I think, and I don't know if anyone else has gone through that, maybe some of our listeners might have experienced something like this too. I think that causes problems you know it'll come it sort of leak out it at times in your life and it's only now that you know because I've been Muslim sort of 20 plus years where I think I'm I'm actually finding to getting to grips with how 
I was me before. Yeah. I was me. I am me now. And in short, I'll be me tomorrow as well. You know, it's very difficult to do that. Definitely. I mean, before the show, we were having a little briefing and, and a bit of a discussion. And I was talking about the fact that when I first converted, I'd been such sort of a big personality before as part of my job and with all of my friends and just generally in my life. And I remember when I first converted, um, I found really myself really lost. Um, the relationship I was in at the time, um, bless him, it, it was sort of a right, well, they didn't really know what to do either. And it was, you need to get rid of all your wardrobe, you now need to dress differently, you need to look differently. And just because their traditional dress was sort of showar chemise and, and that kind of clothing, with the best of intentions, my wardrobe sort of disappeared and then all these outfits started appearing and mashallah they were beautiful um but over a period of time i sort of grew this resentment because i felt like i was a dolly just dressing up like it wasn't me it wasn't mm. part of it don't get me wrong i do love a good dress up now for a wedding <laughs> and, and i can really appreciate all the different cultures traditional dresses um but it wasn't part of my identity and i think at the time because i was so overwhelmed with everything else that was going on you know all the learning mm -hmm. and the different things that you have to develop and change and the consideration of whether I wanted to change my name or keep my name all of that clothing really just fell on the back mm -hmm. burner and I was just like yeah yeah fine whatever I'll, I'll yeah. just wear whatever mm -hmm. and then slowly as you sort of grow and, and get a little bit of confidence I was like well actually I want to I want to wear a pair of jeans and a long t-shirt and well do I prefer wearing a dress or do I prefer wearing trousers and it's just that all of this sort of starts going on and then you need to go shopping again and yeah. find <laughs> that actually I can shop in the exact same shop I shopped in before I just yep. oh, I wish they did that with long sleeves and, <laughs> <laughs> and it just and then you sort of develop your own yeah. style again but it does take time yeah. and it took me a long time yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah. Alice what about you? Yeah same here when I first um, reverted I really was quite lost and really struggled with my identity of who I'd been before who I was and sort of you know, when I first converted, I didn't know any Muslims and I would go to sister circles and be quite frank about me and my mm. life and stuff. And you were made to feel sort of bad and guilty and shamed for your life. You know, that was your life in the Jahiliya. That's not your, you know, all this. And, and made to feel like who I was before was wrong in somehow. And um, the same sort of thing, like I ended up kind of wearing other muslim majority countries cultural dress because i thought that's what i was yeah. and some people will say to you like what you're wearing you know you need to be wearing shawar kameez or you need mm, to wear this you I need know. to wear that you know because that's proper muslim clothing and stuff so and then because i'd already felt quite lost and i didn't have much of a support network it kind of added to me feeling like i had no identity anymore and i really yeah. struggled and i did end up kind of moving away from the faith sort of about a year into converting and then like Re renewed my int intentions that following Ramadan and then kind of came back with a new mentality of you know I'm just going to do things my way because mm. I'm the one following this path I'm yeah. doing this by myself I live with my non-Muslim family I've got to do this my way for my sanity because otherwise it's just it's it's just too hard and since the, and you know it does take time and I feel now like inshallah I I've found a balance where you know I'm I'm still me I'm still Alice I still enjoy seeing a lot of my friends from before I converted and I've spent time with my family but also I feel like I've I've melded my way into you know, my, my husband's family who are South Asian and you know I, I respect their culture and so I feel like I'm, I'm kind of treading the kind of middle path now but it took a long while to get there mm. definitely and just I mean I touched on it briefly um but you didn't change your name 
when you converted. Is there a reason you didn't change your name? Is that something you even considered? So I did because I converted at Regent's Park Mosque. Um, you had to on on this, um, and I, you know I just did it because why not? I'm there. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, the, the day I could, took my shahada, like I didn't even plan. Like this is very Alice, like fly by the seat of my pants, no plan, <laughs> haphazard. Like that's just me. That's just how I rock, you know. So I went to this. Um, Revert, Revert Sisters well it wasn't Sisters it was mixed um, New Muslims group and I just thought yeah today we're at oh, why not go on then let's take my, I'll take my shahada and um, at Regent's Park Mosh you get a certificate as well so, <laughs> no, it just means yeah yeah you get, you get, yeah, with, a, with, with a stamp and sign so it just means also when you want to like perform Umrah or Hajj in the future you've got that because sometimes yeah. I think they mm, want yeah, that. You do yeah. Need that yeah um, and it, on there it said um, you know Muslim uh-huh. name and uh, the um, the imam was like oh do you have a name and I was like oh, something that's like my name Alia right because okay. Alice Alia you okay. know and my friend Sam had come with me and she took Samia because we thought you know it's oh, yeah. um, but I never used it and the only people that call me Alia are my, my mother and father-in-law because Alice oh, is a bit difficult okay. for them to, the, to say, so they they call me Alia, and some of my some of the older family members in my husband's family call me Alia. But that's the only people that do really, and I don't mind. I, mm-hmm. I really don't mind. But everyone, I, I never introduce myself as I just my name's Alice, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, for them, that like, they call me that, and obviously I answer to it and stuff. But yeah, like I, I never felt, I never felt the need to do it. Um, yeah, it's, it's mm. not really something that's ever kind of. I never, I never made a conscious decision to say I'm not changing my yeah. name. I just mm-hmm. never. I just never did it. You know, subhanAllah, I mean, so Alice, you've spoken about changing your name, not changing name. Mm-hmm. Then Zara's touched upon, like, wardrobe. And it just just kind of completely really hit me how much we're expected to change. And in yeah. some cases, some people think, well, you took shahada last week, didn't you? You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything should be changed Yeah, now. you should be a completely <laughs> new you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's massive, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I remember, especially with the clothes issue, that was a big thing for me because I was at work. And I remember I'd just literally gone shopping to buy some new work clothes and then thought oh well this has like got short sleeves and you know and it was really difficult and I thought I need to give all this clothes all these clothes away and just go buy some new clothes and it was just really difficult and actually and expensive yes <laughs> I know yeah. and I would look at different cultural clothing of yeah. different Muslim cultures and I would say well I like that bit of theirs but I don't like that or I yeah. like this yeah. bit of theirs but there was no kind of British Muslim mm. role model mm. to mm. say well this is what you know. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be wanting to be a British Muslim, this is the kind of look that most yeah. people take on. There wasn't any of that, and I must have just looked like a warehouse of clothing. Going <laughs> yeah. I think we shared a picture of that on our WhatsApp group this week. It was the feed the birds lady oh, yeah. from yeah. Robbins, sort of just layers, layers, lots of layers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's really difficult though. And then you know, and then especially if you know the whole food issue as well, learning to eat halal and all this sort of stuff. And I found that difficult as well you know especially with my family because yeah. to, to say my mum's cooking roast chicken for for dinner and I'm like no I'll have a cheese sandwich so this is it became really difficult it's just so much easier if maybe you can just say right today or for this year I'll just tackle the whole yeah. food yeah. issue Next bite year, sizes yeah. it's so huge I know. and people with the best of intentions come with lots of advice and lots of suggestions and what the, how yeah. they did it and really it's about taking time for yourself to think well how do I want to do it what's the easiest way for me to do it so that I feel comfortable mm. um, I did change my name I was well aware that I didn't have to at the time um, but I just found that because it was not a new me of sorts but but just to 
draw a line in the sand I suppose as to what was before and, and what was new and I picked a name that isn't hard to say and sort of say in it you don't immediately think Muslim or brown or mm. white or whatever um, but I also equally don't have a problem with people knowing my previous name which was Sam, Samantha I have no problem with people calling me that certainly all my family call me that and I would never ask or expect them to change what they call me, certainly not my mum who gave me my name <laughs> she never in her life has to change what she calls me, she called me many other things as well as <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she can call me whatever she wants. Um, but I do introduce myself as R, and I did change it officially. All my um, documents change it by depot. What a mission that was! So I'll probably never change it by depot back. But yeah, I've definitely eased up as well mm. on allowing people to call me Sam if that's what they've known me by previously. I think and originally I felt a little bit awkward about it just, you know, sort of meeting people and be like, oh, can you call me Zara now? <laughs> uh, I don't do that. You know, if you knew me as Sam before and that's what you call me, then absolutely no problem whatsoever. I have the brain at least to remember that I can be two names <laughs> and remember each of them and know to turn around by them. But yeah, Almas, you... Your name is the same as it's yes. always been. Yeah, my name was Elmas. And it's funny because when I was younger, my, my mum, her best friend, because I'm from Indian heritage, and so my mum and dad are both from Bombay, and it's quite cosmopolitan in Bombay, so yeah. I still call it Bombay. Everyone else seems to call it Mumbai, but because I was grown up with Bombay. So, um, and when uh, my mum was younger, her best friend was Persian. So when she was expecting, she actually wrote to her best friend and said, can you give me a list of names? Because she'd always really liked Persian names. She just, they all kind of mean flower or yeah. something like that. So when I was younger and, and I, I never really knew what my name meant or anything. And I used to think it was just such a weird name. You know, couldn't I actually, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to be called Sharon. I don't know why. It was just like one of those things that I really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And I just thought, I wish I could have had just a normal English name. Um, and then actually, when I then, you know, sort of took on the Islamic way of life and I met Muslims from all different cultures. And it's really interesting because this name is actually in so many different cultures and it means the same thing in each of them. So that was quite nice in a sense because it kind of gave me a sense of belonging. Yeah. You know, once I'd chosen Islam as my path to be on, it kind of gave me that sense of, oh, well, I, I seem to, my, at least my name fits in, you know, to mm. different cultures. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're going to go to a quick break now. Um, Please keep sending your questions and comments in. We have got our social media open throughout the show. Uh, we're on Instagram, which is at Converts in Conversation. We're also on Twitter, which is Converts in Convo. If you keep sending the questions through, we've had a few good ones in this week, which we'll get to after the break. Um, so bear with us. So we're going to have a break. We're just going to play you a quick nasheed by Native Dean. This is My Faith, My Voice. Assalamualaikum. You are back with Converts in Conversation in the studio today. We have me, Zara, Almas, Khadija, and Alice. Uh, we're going to jump straight back into the topic that we're dealing with today, which is that of identity. And one of the first questions that we received this week on social media was, do I have to reject everything from my past life? And Khadija, you want to take this one. Yeah, I feel like before the break, we were talking about name changes. And for ages, I never changed my name because I was just, I was cool with my, my birth name. But one of the things that made me change my name was this expectation that I had to give up everything that came before me. 
before before me before Shahada mm-hmm. before me well see that's subconscious I'm just saying <laughs> um and it was kind of like one of my like long-standing friends that had been with me for a while had said you know like I miss the old Lavina which is my birth name which I still use um and it made me think like but I'm not that person anymore and it made me panic like I have to get rid of everything now and yeah you know being told that basically your life before is haram and you know every it's, it doesn't take into account that some things that you may have done were fine it's it just says that everything you were everything that you had before is haram so therefore you need to get rid of it in order to do that i disassociated myself slightly from my birth name and then yeah. changed my name because i had this idea that oh my gosh they they're saying they missed this person and it's like but i can't be that person even though i'm very much so I'm still that person, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I think it is, there's, I mean, we discussed it last week and probably the week before as well a little bit and that whole feeling of having a level of shame about your old life. And I think Mm. it does take a long time to come beyond that and see that there's nothing shameful about your previous life. Mm. Just because you become a Muslim, there is a whole heap of stuff that you are that you have in your life that you do day to day you know p- relationships that you have that there's nothing anti-islamic about them there's nothing haram about them just because they are not overtly islamic or muslim it doesn't mean that you have to reject it and let it go mm. um it's completely i think that's one thing that people misunderstand and it's certainly something that i felt mm. finding well what is it from my past life that is okay to continue and actually most of what I did in my past life was perfectly okay yeah. for me to continue yeah. other than changing what meat I ate and changing my wardrobe a little bit mm-hmm. and you know implementing the daily prayers and all things like that actually outside of all of those things my life was fine mm-hmm. and I just needed to change a few of my habits and where I was going to go out you know I wouldn't go to the pub instead I can go to a bowling alley or go and get milkshake yeah. <laughs> you know, and then buy more clothes because <laughs> we inevitably go up in size but <laughs> ultimately most of my actual lifestyle was probably fine Mm. i think the there is a real social pressure from muslims in general yeah that that you do kind of ditch your old self and you do have this real disassociation between the pre-shahada and the post-shahada person um and i think that's really unfair because Islamically, if you look, it's not the case at all. Um, you know, like I remember, I remember um, giving a, a talk once, and uh, I mentioned in it that the, all the Muslims at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, That's peace and blessings be upon him, were all converts. Yeah. And I remember, and this was to a non-convert audience, and I remember them kind of going, "Oh," and I said, "Yeah," because you know, <laughs> Ali's name before he was Muslim was Ali, yeah. and Omar's <laughs> name before he was Muslim was Amr. So you know, the, and and also they, I remember hearing this thing that if you came down, like if you could time travel which actually it's something i've always wanted to do but if you could <laughs> time travel and you go into uh you know you come down at the time of the prophet muhammad peace and blessings be upon him you wouldn't be able to tell a muslim from a non-muslim yeah. because they all dress the same yeah um so you know it's this idea that you have to kind of either suddenly take on an arab persona mm. or a pakistani persona or yeah. an african persona or something mm-hmm. and it becomes really difficult to then like dig through all of that and say well who am I amongst all of this? Yeah. 
And that can, I think, lead to serious problems in your acceptance of Islam in the long run, actually. Definitely. Because, like you said, Zara, that you have this kind of resentment as to, well, this was pushed upon me. I didn't want to change in this kind of real fast speed way. Yeah. Mm. Only if you do things slowly and steadily do you actually get to absorb it. Um, and then it becomes something that you actually cherish rather than something that you resent. Definitely. Mm. And that leads perfectly into another question that we received this week, which is, how can we show Islam isn't a culture to non-Muslims, a.k.a. Western Islam? And that's just hit yeah. me on the head, really. I mean, and I remember when I had to do a lot of thinking about this, because like um, Khadija was saying that, you know, you, you have to think, well, who who am I now? Yeah. Um, and I remember somebody saying to me once, and this really cracked me up, they said, oh, oh, I don't think I could eat halal food, it's so spicy. <laughs> and I said, you do realise that a cheese and tomato sandwich is, is, is halal? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know, obviously one of my favourite foods is cheese, so this, you know, I don't this think was... We could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, you know, I think you have to... You you have to see beyond the cultural aspects of Islam, yeah. mm. um, which actually, as somebody who's reverted to Islam, is actually something that we're kind of in a good place to be able to do because yeah. a lot of people have come to Islam through reading, mm. uh, not maybe through much kind of Muslim interaction. Um, but then it, that in itself is difficult because then you come with this idealistic um, viewpoint that Islam is perfect, everybody is your brother, your sister, and everybody is just so kind of supportive of you. And then it feels like they're knocking you down because they say, no, you can't do that anymore. Mm. And you, you can't do that, and you, and must you mustn't wear be this. that person anymore. It's very difficult. Oh, sorry if you heard that. That was me moving the mic. Um, and just to flip that on its head, you know, I, I feel sometimes what kind of muddies the water even more is is some born Muslims can't think critically about their own culture and think my culture equals Islam mm. as well. And because I do X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, that is Islam. So because you don't do that. It, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So that makes so. Yeah. Whereas, like non-Muslims are thinking, like, well, you know, Islam is this culture that is, and you know, because in the UK, majority of the Muslims we have here. I mean, obviously, it's, it's changing always, but yeah. for a long time, it was South Asian. Yeah. That was that was what Muslims were. Mm. You know, so that's what they think. You know, they think all Muslims eat curry. Yeah. You know, and things like that. And but also the other side, the flip side can be is kind of South Asian diaspora practices of Islam yeah. are then can sometimes be expressed to reverts as this is Islam this is, yeah this is what it is yeah and so that can be very kind of trying to pull apart what is is cultural pra- cultural practices in the terms of they are still Islamic you know mm. and come from you know hadith and jurisprudence and mm. they have a basis but that is one school of thought that is one way of doing yeah. things and that is not how it is mm. overall overall yeah yeah, mm. yeah. So how, in that situation, do we best support and educate born Muslims um, in the community to support converts better, making them feel like they have an identity in Islam and the Muslim community without removing their own personal identity? That's a question we've received during the show. Thank you very much. And it was perfectly timed. Mm. I, th- I think that that's a hard one because I think... It, it's kind of like we end up doing that as converts once we become comfortable. But yeah. in the beginning stages, we're not in a position to do that because we're still very much so going, ah, yeah. what is this? I mean, I suppose in the early days, it's being allowed to have that space. I think mm. people do it with the best of intentions where they're suggesting what clothes you should wear, what food you should eat, what name you should choose. It's all with the best of intentions. But really, I think what people need to do is give converts, reverts, space to say well 
what is it that's part of your life that you love anyway and how can we support you to bring that into your new quote-unquote mm-hmm. life um and then try and just give you support to you know go shopping which is it sounds like a really basic thing it's but you serious. know you need a little bit of help yeah. <laughs> um, to find out. i've got an obsession it's a problem <laughs> um but things like that and just to give you space and support to be yourself and help you identify what is culture and what is religion because at the beginning for me that was definitely something where lines were blurred but for that to happen Zara I don't know if you guys all agree for that to happen the actual the born Muslim community themselves needs to have that knowledge of what yeah, is culture exactly. and what is Islam yeah exactly. that's where the lines are blurred and that's yeah. where it's really confusing for everybody you know for those entering Islam for those already in Islam mm. it's understanding and taking the time to read and educate yourself about what is it that you do in life or in your family in your community that is culture mm-hmm. and what is it that you do that is because of islam because mm-hmm. a lot of it is culture um and it's beautiful yeah. but it's not something that we've always got time Have at the to. very start of, yeah. of converting yeah. to adopt and try and work out as well so we definitely need help there so i think one of the other things that made me um, when you were th- when you were talking about this about culture, that that when you do revert or convert, people assume that you will not have bring any of your culture yeah. with you. You are a blank canvas yeah. because you weren't a Muslim before. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore you have no culture and you can just therefore Adopt. just paint this yeah. culture onto your palette um, and take that. But like you were saying, that there's so many parts of what you do that are completely, absolutely fine with mm-hmm. Islam. But it's just knowing that. And yeah. like Khadija was saying at the beginning, you don't have the confidence to be able to say, well, yeah, actually, this is actually fine in Islam. Mm-hmm. Because when you meet somebody who was born in to the faith and you know and into the islamic culture or muslim culture you just assume that they will know more than you mm. because they've lived this life yeah. for a while and it is a big thing to assume that someone doesn't have culture everybody and has it's culture. and everybody has culture exactly the fact that you do something a certain way and i don't doesn't mean the absence of my culture it just means my culture is different to yours yes. and the opposite is my culture yeah it doesn't mean that i'm a blank canvas and therefore i need your culture yeah great i'll take on some of it because it's lovely and, mm. and i appreciate the way it's done and and the way things happen in your family and i might adopt that because it's a beautiful way of living but it doesn't mean that i didn't have a culture or a way mm. of doing it before and i think that's something that does take time definitely and i think that can sometimes lead on to a person feeling that they have to kind of somehow downplay their own family because their family yeah, yeah. is still in that culture yeah so and it's difficult because you then you feel that you have to kind of adopt a whole new family and somehow your own family yeah, is lesser pushed in that. i think that happens a lot when people take offense so yeah. if, if you go into a situation where a certain family do a certain thing a certain way because of their culture and so you're not aware of it i think when they take offense because you're not aware of it or you don't comply or something straight away because you don't understand or know um i think it's when they take offense as if what you have done is wrong mm. it can be when people feel the need to suppress or, or hide the way that their family are when actually i think if the conversation is had there and then well oh i'm sorry i didn't realize that mm. that's your culture but this is the way we do it um, and i didn't mean to cause you any offense but yeah of course educate me and i will try to tread carefully and be respectful but also understand that when you come to my house that's not my expectation of yeah. you yeah. because this is my culture and this is what we do yeah it's mm-hmm. it's finding that that 
that line when you when you first convert and when you're told well I was told I don't know about you guys but I was told my whole culture was haram and it's like oh, wow. whoa like the whole culture sis like everything <laughs> like well also do they know the whole culture yeah, like, I think they have this like, kind of stereotype and it's like well that's haram and you know this is haram yeah. and it's like but what about those things that we that we do that are okay like and I think once you've got past that um, you, you get past that offence that you were talking yeah. about when people realise that actually it's not haram to have your own culture that doesn't happen to be a part of the Islam, yeah, it's exactly, fine. exactly, mm-hmm. and just because it's not the vast, ma- the, like the the vast majority of Muslim culture, doesn't mean that it isn't part of Islamic culture. But I think that one point that you made, Zara, is just not well known enough. That if it doesn't go against Islam, then that culture is absolutely fine. Yeah, exactly. And that's just not well um, broadcast. I think. Mm. And the same goes. Just to touch on that, it was a question that we'd received earlier in the week about do you have to change your name? Um, just to make it clear, my understanding is that you do not have to yeah. change your name unless your name is something that goes against. Well, it, unless it has it, a really bad a, a meaning, really bad yeah. meaning that yeah. is against Islam. But other than that, you don't have to. But you can and there are lots of beautiful names out there but equally your name is beautiful too (laughs) so Alice you live in a multicultural family Um, do any of these things any of these issues come up with you sort of blending your in-laws with your your own family Mm, not really because my family obviously live down in London so they've not really spent that much time together Um, Mm, so it's not really been it's not really been an issue because yeah. it's not something that's presented itself really but my mum like bless her she'll, she, <laughs> she's she's like sent my mother-in-law like birthday cards in the past <laughs> and stuff like that and obviously my like, husband's family like don't really celebrate birthdays but my mum like that's her way of kind of reaching out and like mm. being like a nice person you know she'll so she'll send a birthday card and stuff but um no I've, it's not really sort of been been a particular issue really um and I think obviously when I got married and I met my husband, like we we had like a lot lot of conversations beforehand about kind of expectations and the expectations of marrying a Reva. Um, and obviously, I think this will definitely be a show in the future. But I think like it's really important to kind of establish what what is expected of mm-hmm. you when you like because a lot of guys might talk about oh they want to marry a Reva. Explain to me why you want to marry a Reva. Like why why not a sister from your own culture? And when you say Reva do you mean white you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. is, that, is that what you're saying because majority of reverts to Islam in this country are from South Asian and Afro Caribbean backgrounds that's the reality but when you see it, kind of it, your image of a, of a female convert to Islam is the white woman you know yeah. anyway that's a topic for another day but um, <laughs> but I think it's very important and you know me and my husband had all these conversations so we've we've blended quite well and obviously in the beginning we had it, it was hard because it was a brand new culture but I think you know we've not had massive issues and I think what really helped us is I lived with my in-laws for about two and a half years um, and it really helped um, in terms of me learning about the culture mm. um, and you know getting to know his family and you know even though me and my mother-in-law ha- can't you know my mother-in-law knows more English than I know Bengali but you know we, we still may struggle having a conversation but we get on really really well inshallah I hope she's met she's listening today <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Hi. inshallah. laughs> Um, so 
so I think that kind of helped as well, kind of like mould me into the culture. But obviously, I've I've very much kept my own culture as well. Like you wouldn't think, you wouldn't look at me and think, oh, you know, she's she's become Bengali. Mm. I'm still very much Alice. That's true. Um, I've I've obviously, and there are parts of his culture that I really kind of think are beautiful, and the family orient or, or what's the word family orientation? Yeah, family orientated. That's it. And I love all of that because we don't have that in my family. So there's mm. some really beautiful things that I love, and obviously he he. Thinks thinks there's like lovely things about my family as well like my mum and that so Mm. which is really important actually that he feels that way too because if it was all one one way then that becomes really difficult absolutely it's about him it's not just me being accepted by his family and accepting his way of life it's about the other way around as well which because there are definitely issues um with some families where there's an expectation um that maybe you distance yourself from your mm. non-Muslim family. And I know that we touched on that last week, which is uh, as part of our families episode. But your family are a huge part of your identity. Yeah. Mm. They're who you've grown up with. They're where you've got your morals mm. and a lot of your traditions from. And so they're a really important part of who you are. And there is nothing about accepting Islam, becoming a Muslim, that means that you need to reject or let any of that go. Um and I know that there are probably people out there at the minute who are struggling with that. And so mm. if you want to reach out to us throughout the week, mm. you can do. always send us direct messages or send um, questions through. And throughout the week, we will try and respond to you if it's not something that you want to be aired on um, on the radio show. We're not scholars. Uh, well, Almas is no. more um, <laughs> knowledgeable than any of us put together. Um, but what we do have is experience and a little bit of knowledge about having gone through this mm. and so we are there as a support not just on a Sunday from 2 till 3 but definitely throughout the week so we're going to have another little break now yeah. um, we're going to play Mehazain One Big Family so we will see you after the break Hello, Sayakum. You are back with Converts in Conversation. This is our last section now. So if you've got any remaining questions, please get them in on our social media, which is Instagram, Converts in Conversation, or our Twitter, which is at Converts in Convo, I think. Um, so we're just going to move on now to a relatively serious topic, and it's something that had come up a couple of times with a few of our listeners this week. And it was... When people convert and expect to escape their previous life, their previous personality, who they were before, um, and really what happens is that slowly in time, whilst there's a lot of stuff that happens when you first convert that maybe distracts you from who, who you were before, what really happens is that all your natural quirks, your personality, your likes and your dislikes, you know, the kind of people that you're normally drawn towards, all of those things are part of who you are and they inevitably creep back in and that's not necessarily a bad thing you don't have to feel shame or upset or stress about that um, you know Islam is there to inspire and make things better and bring you a peace and happiness um, but it's not about shame or it's certainly not a place to escape who you really are um, Khadija you look like you wanted to jump on on that one a little bit I was just 100% agreeing because <laughs> I think like I think Almas mentioned earlier I don't know whether it was um, during our briefing or what but when you do that you start to like you start to what's the word resent, resent that's the word I'm looking for you start to resent yeah. um not just other cultures but you start to resent islam because you you associate having to leave everything behind as a part of islam when it's not yeah i think one other thing that can happen is that 
if you do go through that, if you are trying to kind of really um, erase your previous person and become a new person because you think it's a way of escape and you like Zara said, you know, it'll end up sort of creeping back in. The other thing that can happen is you you actually start to dislike yourself for yeah. doing that because you know you're living a fake in a fake way where you're you've got this kind of um outward persona that you're trying to fool yourself with as well yeah. and it just can't happen that way. Yeah. You can't put on an act. It's not you don't become a new person per se it's not yeah. you are still the exact same person. And I think that's what one of the things that I've always said to people who are wanting to take their shahada and I've said to them look I'm not I'm not actually questioning your faith in any way but I'm just saying you cannot do this for someone else yeah mm. because people come and go in your life but this is a relationship between you and God which yeah. is an eternal relationship definitely so it's something that you have to do for yourself yeah 100%. I was just going to say, I wrote, um, like you said, Zara, I wrote about this, um, the topic of identity as a whole this week. Um, and the, I sort of likened humans to cabbages. We get this idea that humans are onions and that, you know, that we have all these layers and that's, you know, brilliant um, if you want to be classed as an onion. But I'd like to <laughs> refer to us more as cabbages because our layers of identity are so intertwined and so overlapping that in order for you to try and strip back what you class as, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote negative side of you, the part pre-shahada, you end up interfering with everything that you are. Yeah. You cannot get rid of your old self and not impact yourself and exactly disappear i think really when you look at it islam comes to make you the best that you can be yeah. as a human being best version of yourself so any of the any of the traits that you had any of the any of the characteristics that you had you you let them shine in the best way possible you yeah. don't dampen them out you don't rub them out you just use them in the best way possible yeah and I think people's expectations of themselves and, and what's going to happen next, because we've probably all had a conversation with someone at some point in our life who's who's converted and they're sort of disappointed at the fact that they are still them mm. and they expected mm. to become a whole new person and that all of their problems would disappear and actually what happens is you get a few more problems <laughs> so, certainly in those first days you know there's it's not always sunshine and rainbows it's often quite gritty and mm. complicated certainly in the early stages mm. and if part of your personality is you have bits that you prefer to change you're still going to have to look those directly in the mirror yeah. and work on changing them yourselves becoming muslim doesn't automatically erase and fight off mm. all all negativity that is something that we still all have to go through um and continue to go through you know just because you fight them in those early days doesn't mean that they don't you know temptation and some of those traits that we'd rather dispel i think the important back. thing is to be kind to yourself mm. when yeah. you do take that shahada hopefully hopefully you'll be in company that's kind to you as well mm. and not push you and you know it's you're you're like a little baby seedling and you know if somebody comes and pushes you that's it you've had it yeah. kind of thing um but yeah so it's to be kind to yourself to allow yourself to move you know move forward and don't knock yourself if you move backwards a bit because mm. it, that's just inevitable it's human nature yeah definitely. you can't always be like you said you you want to be like the perfect version of yourself but it's not going to happen overnight definitely not and i think i've gotten comfortable in the fact that i'm not perfect <laughs> sort of you just 
have yeah. to accept that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to sin. I might sin differently to you, but mm-hmm. definitely we all sin. Um, and I'm not saying that that's okay, but I mean, it's okay. It's part of being human as yeah. long as we're, you know, asking for forgiveness. And I found that w- one thing that I found comforting is learning who Allah is, like mm-hmm. f- learning his names, yeah. understanding the attributes and taking comfort, if in nothing else, in that because, you know, forgiveness is a huge thing mercy being kind it's a huge thing and i think as well i think the one piece of advice i'd want to give myself if i reverted again is uh, because me and um catherine from that revert girl we had this discussion um, when we were talking about um this on our podcast um episode is in the beginning days sometimes you may come across people that are muslim who have um a very harsh approach and they can say things that that can come across quite nasty Mm. and it's really important to remember that muslims don't represent islam and just because someone's muslim they can still be a a, a nasty piece of work and not be a nice person and and that was something in the beginning i just because i was so naive i thought all muslims were a practicing (laughs) and b good people um and people and so when people would say horrible nasty things about how you know how slow it was taking me to catch on to things or things about my past or things about my family it really hurt me and and uh, oftentimes it made me want to leave the dean and i've known sisters that have left the dean because of the way that some sisters have spoken to them and so if there's one piece of advice i could give anyone that's thinking of converting or has converted or is thinking you know what i've had some awful experiences and i actually don't think this is for me just remember that islam is perfect but muslims you know there's i, I can't even remember how many there are bi- yeah. millions of, maybe even a, a billion i don't know i'm sorry i don't even know the figures um but you're going to come across some bad apples and people that even though they're muslim they don't have good adab they don't have good ways of speaking and don't let that impact dissuade you you because there are so many good people out there so many good Mm -hmm. sisters that want to support you um but unfortunately as with in all aspects of life the people that are the most ignorant shout the loudest and their voices are the loudest but there are so many people out there that want to champion you and help you on your journey and 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 you know accept you for who you are so that was just my little message (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's true because if i mean islam is perfect in the Mm -hmm. sense that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala god the most high has has guided us to the perfect way to live Mm -hmm. but muslims are human and they're not perfect people so yes like you said alice you will get those who just knock you down and and i've just Mm -hmm. said to people look i even said to my kids when they were younger and i said i've got to tell you the truth just because somebody's muslim doesn't mean that they're going to be the best friend for you Mm. sometimes it will be somebody who's not muslim who will be the best friend because they have the best manners or they have the you know they're just really supportive of you as a person you have to take each person as an individual in every in every field that you're in you know in every you do that with your relationships don't you so you you have to do that and be supportive of each other i think certainly coming from non-muslim into being a muslim one issue that some people might have that they feel shame about or feel that they're not it's something that you hear a lot really i'm not ready to take my shahada because i've not gotten rid of all my sins yet i'm not mm-hmm. ready to take my shahada because i'm not perfect yet i don't know enough yet there's so many things obstacles that people put in their own way um to stop them from taking their shahada um and i think as a muslim community we need to be open and understanding and supportive of people for example if there's somebody who wants to take their shahada but they're addicted to alcohol like an actual alcoholic um 
and not able to give that up so easily we need to be able to have that conversation mm. and be supportive and help them get the help that they need mm. it shouldn't be something that stops them accepting islam um and we shouldn't be turning our backs and saying that they're not good enough mm. it's that you know they need help and they need support and there is help and support out there for people with addictions. I think on that note, Zara, it, it goes back to what Almas was saying about remembering, like, remembering Islamic history. Yeah. The earliest Muslims were all converts, like, you, and they had to do things slowly. Like, when prayer came down, it came down slowly. Giving up alcohol, that came down slowly. So this expectation that, you know, we now in the modern day as, as new converts have to be perfect, is it's just so unrealistic, and it's not Islamic either. Definitely. Okay, so we're near the end of our show now. We've had a couple more questions through um, that we will be dealing with. We'll try and deal with it on social media so that you can see some of the questions and answers that we've had as well. We've not yet decided what we're going to talk about next week, but we um, are looking to perhaps have a guest on here. But if anybody has any suggestions of what, having listened to the couple of shows that we've done so far, what they would like to hear, because I think ultimately this show is as much for you as it is for us. Um, and whilst there's a lot of things that we've experienced and dealt with that we know are relevant to talk about, there might be people out there who are experiencing things that we've not even nearly touched on. Um, it's not that we've forgotten about it it's just that maybe that's your experience and we're happy to discuss that as well um alice isn't going to be with us next week she's going to not going to be with us for a few weeks so we won't have her back <laughs> tears 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 so what was i going to say part of identity is that you are who you are all humans have an identity of their own and it's about being confident and trying to understand taking time to yourself to understand who you are and what it is you want to represent as yourself to the world whether it be how you dress how you act um islam definitely i think we've probably agreed to here today isn't something that comes along to suppress who you are mm-hmm. um so keep those questions coming throughout the week and we will see you next week oh almas you no, want no, to say something no it was it was just that when you said it doesn't come to suppress who you are i still remember when the kind of word came out on the grapevine amongst old school friends that you know i had now i was now living as a muslim <laughs> and i met an old school friend and she met me and she goes you know when i heard this i thought i thought you were just trying to suppress your personality and she said now realize you're just still the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're enhancing your personality. yeah definitely has yeah. so anybody else got anything they would like to add before we say cheerio um, no. 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 Yeah. All right, well, it's been fun. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum.